Indeed, God is always good, and we thank you for the reminder of that. We're going to go to 2 John, but while you turn there, I'll give you another reminder of the goodness of God. Many years ago, a few years ago, we started to pray for a little baby who had, uh, had some needs in her life. We prayed for Rosemary, and on Tuesday, she's going to turn six years old. God's been mighty good to Rosemary, and we're thankful for that. Happy birthday. We're in uh, 2 John, and we're, we're, we're going to go today from verse 7 through 11. Verse 7 will introduce the theme, and then the rest of the text that we explore will guide our behavior. He says, For many deceivers have gone out into the world who do not acknowledge Jesus as coming in the flesh. This is the deceiver and the antichrist. He's talking about the world in which we live where, where there is an atmosphere in which it is possible to be deceived about the truth of Christ. He says, it's not only that we might passively come up with wrong ideas, we might actually be deceived. We might actually hear the teaching of someone who, who does not acknowledge Jesus as coming in the flesh somebody who teaches wrong ideas about Christ. Wrong ideas about Christ are very significant because if Jesus is who He says He is and He's the Son of God and He is the Savior and the Judge, then it matters very much that we understand Him as, as rightly as we can. So I want us to explore what John has to say about how to live in an environment where, where deception, spiritual deception, is, is rampant. Many deceivers have gone out. The deceiver, the antichrist, that's a, that's, it's a title we give to a specific person at the end of the age, but, but that spirit that is against Christ is and has been ever since John's day alive and well. So if we want to protect ourselves from being spiritually deceived and spiritually deluded, how do we do that? Well, the, the first answer is in verse 8. We must reflect on our reward. He says, watch yourselves that you do not lose what we've accomplished, but that you may receive a full reward. Watch yourselves. We've got to learn to look inward. We are conditioned as a society to look outward. Our national pastime is staring at a screen, feeding on whatever is pumped into our homes. We look at other people. We look at some aspects of the world around us. He says, watch yourselves. He invites us to, to introspection, to look inward. Back in 1967, when people used to read books, back in the day, they were great. You, you, you would open them up and every page had different words on it. And if you followed through, you, then you got the whole idea. I'd love that to make a comeback. But there's an author whose, whose name was Thomas Harris, M.D., psychiatrist. He wrote a book called I'm Okay, You're Okay. You may have heard of it. The premise is this. We really need to move away from this antiquated doctrine that we're born with sin. You're fine. Nothing wrong with you. Your only problem is that sometimes you irrationally act against your own self-interest. I'm fine. My only problem is sometimes I act against my self-interest. But we're not wicked. We're not sinful. We're not fallen. We're okay. 
We need to allow ourselves the freedom to be okay and act in our own self-interest. I bring that up because it stayed at the top of the New York Times bestseller list for two years. Fast forward to 2011. There's a pop singer. Her name is Stephanie Germanata, but you may know her as Lady Gaga, if you know her at all. And she released a song that went to the top of the charts. It's called Born This Way. I, I want to read you some of the words. Doesn't matter if you love him or capital H-I-M. Just put your paws up because you were born this way, baby. There's nothing wrong with loving who you are because he made you perfect, babe. So hold your head up, girl, and you'll go far. Listen to me when I say I'm beautiful in my way because God makes no mistakes. I'm on the right track, baby. I was born this way. Don't hide yourself in regret. Just love yourself and you're set. In the religion of the insecure, I must be myself. Respect my youth. A different lover is not a sin. Believe, capital H-I-M, I'm on the right track, baby. I was born this way. And I bring it out because 40 years apart, very popular expressions of the thought that there's nothing wrong with you. You're fine. Just by virtue of being you, you're doing fine. People love that idea. They love to read it. They love to hear it. Harris would say there is no God. Lady Gaga would say there is no sin. The Bible has a completely different perspective. It says that we're all sinners, but we're, we're saved by grace through Christ. And that having been saved, we, we should pursue holiness. That we should look inward. That we should examine our hearts. For this I say, by the grace of God, which was given to me, to everyone who is among you, don't think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. That's Paul from Romans 12. He wrote also, Your sorrow led you to repentance, for you were made sorry in a godly manner that you might suffer loss from us in nothing. For godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation, not to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world produces death. For observe this very thing, that you sorrowed in a godly way, what diligence it produced in you, what clearing of yourselves, what indignation, what fear, what vehement desire, what zeal, what vindication, in all things you proved yourselves to be clear. The biblical image is that we look inward and we say, I'm not okay. I've got serious problems that alienate me from God and from people around me. Even a born-again person still has a sin problem. And we live in a world that, that exists to deceive us about Jesus. He says, look, watch yourselves, look inward. That you do not lose what we have accomplished. Now, what's he talking about losing here? Here's the hint. It's not salvation. Because we didn't accomplish salvation. If I earned my salvation and it was up to me to keep it, I'd lose it for sure. I can't find my keys someday. What are we going to do with eternity? I didn't accomplish that. Jesus did, and it's safe in his hands. But what we do accomplish, 
in partnership with God through the ministry of the Holy Spirit is holiness. Is being nearer to God than, than we are when we live in rebellion against Him. He says, don't lose what, what we've accomplished, but that you may receive a full reward. I want to read... From First Corinthians 3, verses 12 through 15. Mark this in your Bible. Read it along. If anyone builds on this foundation, that is Christ, with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear, for the day will reveal it. It will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he'll suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. We're saved by the grace of God. Because Jesus forgives us when we repent. But then we have to build on that foundation. And if we never stop and look and reflect inward and say, how am I building? How am I living? Is God going to reward my lifestyle? I've got two hours to, to spend doing my thing. What could I do that, that is worth rewarding? And what is just wasted, burned away, or even leading me into sin? He says, watch yourself because you're going to lose what you've attained, what you've accomplished, and you'll lose that full reward. I don't mean lose salvation. God gives that, and only God can take that away. I mean, and there's going to be millions of these people. Don't be one of them. Believers in Jesus, born again, sitting in church, year after year after year, die Stand in the presence of God with nothing but wood, hay, and straw. And it burns away. Because it didn't matter, because it wasn't for the kingdom of God, and, and it was worldly, or it was selfish. It says, He Himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. There'll be people who get into heaven smelling like smoke. Having had a chance to live a life that, that God desires to reward. You live in a world that deceives you about Christ. You live in a world that says you're just fine just the way you are. Don't even critically think about yourself. Just by virtue of being you, you're doing great. Sing songs about it. Make movies about it. You're doing fine. Nothing wrong with you. Absolutely terrible teaching. Because I'm a sinner, loved by God, made in the image of God, redeemed by the blood of Christ, being made holy, not perfect yet. And there's progress to be made and there's a reward to be made. Don't let the world rob you of the reward God wants to give you. Look inward. Watch yourself. Check your life, your motivations, your passions, and see where they're leading you. Two, we must remain in the teachings of Jesus. Number one here, we reflect on our reward. Two, we remain in the teachings of Christ. It's verse 9. Anyone who goes too far... Note that, because we'll come back. Anyone who goes too far and does not remain in the teachings of Jesus Christ does not have God. The one who remains in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. 
We must remain within the teachings of Christ. Anyone who goes too far. How far is too far? There are people who baptize babies. We baptize people old enough to have expressed their faith in Christ. There are people who speak in tongues. There are people who don't. There are people who believe the call of God is to separate from culture, and there are others who engage with it. There are people who meet in massive, beautiful buildings, and they sing along with pipe organs. Others have fog machines and disco balls. And Okay. There are some with bishops and elders, others... Autonomous local churches. Some really put a priority on election, others on free will. So who gets to go to heaven? I have have no problem with all of the above. See, there's a wide spectrum within the teachings of Christ for, for people to, with their conscience, under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, decide what they believe and act on it. I I know who I am and I know what I believe and I know that heaven's going to be filled with people who don't do church the way I do church. If God's fine with that, I should be too. But but he says, go too far. There's plenty of room. There's, There's a big kingdom that God has established through Christ, but he says you can go too far. How far is that? Does not remain in the teaching of Christ. See, at the the center of the kingdom, the core, is Jesus Himself. And Jesus never talked about speaking in tongues or the music you sing in church. Whole whole lot of issues that matter a lot that Jesus didn't talk about because He came to talk about one thing, and that's the kingdom of God. Here's what He taught. He taught that we must repent of our sins for the kingdom of God is at hand. He said, you're not okay, you're in sin, but God loves you, and if you repent and you turn, He'll forgive you. That's the message of Jesus. He taught, you must deny yourself, take up your cross daily and follow me. He taught that to follow him is not to believe that I'm just great. It's to believe that that God will transform me and make me like him as I follow him. And that that's often a difficult process. He taught that we should be willing to lay down our lives for him the way he laid down his life for us. He taught that He is God the Son, that He and the Father are one. That's the the essence of what Jesus taught. And He says, if you go too far, you deviate from what Jesus taught, you're not in the kingdom. It's a big kingdom and there's a lot of room for people to, to worship God according to conscience and follow the teachings of Christ. But when we get away from the teachings of Jesus, we don't have, He says, does not have God. We we cannot understand God rightly and reject the teachings of Christ. It just doesn't happen. So he says, remain in the teaching. The one who remains in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. That is, if we want to have a right relationship with God, we have it by remaining in what Jesus taught. The love of God, the mercy of God expressed through Christ and Jesus laying down His life So we could live. He gives himself to those who follow 
what he taught. He, he offers his yoke to those who walk beside him. He washes the feet of those who come to supper with him. He heals the ones who come to him. But when, when we get away from Christ, then we remove ourselves from the mercy that only Christ can give. And I want us to get this. I'm not talking about the external things. It's easy to, to see the world around us and say, as long as that's not what we look like, then we must be doing fine. I've been pastor here eight years. When we, when we first arrived, my oldest son had hair longer than some of you ladies. And apparently it was dreamy. I've never wanted hair that long. But you know what? It wasn't my head. That was what he wanted at 14. And it did no harm, and it's no big deal. And it's not enough just to, to, to say, I don't look like that, therefore I'm right with God. It's not the external things. It's the heart. Because Jesus, Jesus taught about the relationship we have with God through repentance and through faith, and then the obedience that we strive to live by, having been accepted by God through faith. Not all the, the other things that we use to set us apart from the people that we think aren't like us. I don't mean any of that. I mean Christ. And I've had the honor to meet people who love Jesus passionately. And if they walked in this building, we would feel very uncomfortable in their presence. But all of that's external. And none of that's what matters at all. He says, if we're going to live in a world that deceives, then we need to remain in the teachings of Christ. There's plenty of room to understand a whole lot of things, but Jesus was very selective in what he taught. And that's the core of it all. Which brings us to the third idea, which is in verse 10. One, we reflect on our reward. Watch yourself. Look inward. Because one day we're going to stand in the presence of God and He's going to reward faithfulness and He's going to burn away uselessness and we're going to have what's left. Two, we remain within the teachings of Christ. We can't have the Father and reject what the Son taught. Thirdly, we receive teachers wisely and selectively. If anyone comes to you, here we are in verse 10, if anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching... If anybody says, you don't really have to understand God through the prism of Christ, Jesus doesn't really have the, the authority to tell you who Jesus is, who God is. Do not receive Him into your house. Don't give Him a greeting. For the one who... greets Him, participates... In his evil deeds. We, we choose teachers wisely. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, here's the thing. People have gone out into the world, he said, false prophets. Understand now, we don't mean that anybody who doesn't agree with us is a, a false prophet. There are a lot of faithful, godly people who don't do things the way we do them. And that's okay. That doesn't make them false prophets, evil teachers. But he's talking about this teaching, the teaching of Christ. 
Someone whose job it is in their own mind to, to persuade us we're wrong about Jesus. That's what he's talking about here. The idea that what Jesus had to teach is just one of many ideas. And they're all equally valid. And Jesus was a great teacher. We can all agree on that. But, but there are many others as well. That's what, what we reject. Jesus has the words of life. He's the Son of God. No one competes with Jesus. We're followers of Him or we're not. He says, don't receive Him into your house. Don't even greet Him. Let's make sure we know what that means. When He, he says, don't receive Him into your house, He means don't treat false teachers like true teachers. Don't pretend that simply because they're sincere or they're respected or they built a big church or a lot of people watch them on TV or whatever, that they are equal to a person who, who preaches and teaches what Jesus Christ actually taught. He says, don't receive them in your house. Don't open yourself to influence from people who are going to lead you far away from Christ. Why in the world would, would we allow somebody into our lives who's going to mislead us about who Jesus is when it matters so much that, that we understand Jesus rightly? Imagine you have children. A lot of us don't have to imagine. Imagine they, they start hanging around with a bad influence. I remember figuring out my kid was the bad influence. But imagine like a, a bad influence in the life of your child. They're going to persuade your child to do things they shouldn't do. They're going to take their innocence away. They're going to lead them to nothing but trouble and heartache. What do you do as a parent? I saw that look. It means, oh no, oh, no, they're not. It means I'm obligated as a parent to protect that child from a bad influence that will destroy them. I'm obligated as a human being to protect myself from a bad influence that will destroy me spiritually. Right? Because ultimately, when I stand in the presence of God, nobody stands with me. I stand or fall. My works judged. So I should protect myself from people who are going to mislead me about Christ. Do not greet Him. Don't, don't even wave and say hi. Don't, don't acknowledge that this person is a teacher. And here's the reason why. Because the one who does that participates in his evil deeds. Now again, we're not talking about godly people we, we don't agree with. We're talking about false prophets. People who, if you follow what they teach, you're going to end up alienated from God. Don't greet them because you're guilty too. Here's what that means. In their world, it's taking your honor and putting it on that other person. So imagine in our world. I looked for a way to explain it. Here's what I got. Maybe it'll help. Maybe not. But maybe it'll get you thinking. You, you go on social media and you see a meme with a quote from someone who's a, who's a false prophet, and there's plenty of them out there. It, but this quote's okay. It's something really true, like, God loves you. I can't argue against that. I mean, that's, that's a true statement, no matter who says it, right? And so you share that. 
that uh, Benny Hinn says God loves you. We will pick on him because he's an easy target. Somebody sees that. Oh, you like Benny Hinn, huh? I'm going to check it out. And then they go here and preach all kinds of things that, that lead us away from God that are fed purely by greed. Okay, these false prophet, I can call him that. We greeted him. We endorsed that. And now other people, they take the honor they have for us and they put it on him and say, oh, well, if, if they think he's okay, and then they're opened up to people who teach false doctrines about Christ himself, and that's dangerous. So we should be wise in what we allow to shape our thoughts about Jesus because He is the judge. He is the Savior. He's the only one eternally whose opinion matters. Nobody else's. And if we're going to get one thing right, it's got to be Christ. So He says, if anyone comes to you and doesn't bring this teaching, there's no quarter for, for bad ideas about Christ in our, our, our lives and our hearts, for deviating from what Jesus taught. No room for that because we're followers of Christ. We live in a world that wants us very much to believe that we're okay. You're fine. Don't even think about yourself in any terms other than you're just great, just like you are. You're automatically That cuts to the heart of who Jesus says you are. Loved by God, made in the image of God, of infinite worth and value, but still fallen and sinful. So we have to see ourselves rightly, see ourselves through the eyes of what Jesus told us. Will you join me as we pray? Father, we thank you that you warn us that many deceivers have gone out into the world And what sets them apart is they they don't acknowledge Jesus Christ as having come in the flesh. I want to thank you that we don't have to figure it all out perfectly. Heaven will be filled with people who didn't do everything the way I do it. Because of your grace, your mercy, you don't expect us to have all the answers, but Lord, you, you expect us to submit to the teaching of Jesus Christ. You expect us to agree with Him because He's Christ, because He is the Son of God. I pray that You help to guard our hearts and minds in a world where people will deceive us about who Jesus is. Help us to be personal students of Jesus ourselves. Hear it from His mouth, what He taught, what He believed what He expects of us. I pray You help us to watch ourselves. And in a world where we just watch everything else, Lord, make us an audience of ourselves. Because it's only in introspection that we realize who we are and how You want to shape us. I pray that You help us to remain within the teachings of Christ and help us to choose wisely who we listen to. That no matter who it is that we check their words against your word, that that we, we would get it right because it matters so much. 
Father, as we go from here, would you lead us into your truth? Help us to lead others as well. In Jesus' name, amen.